Welcome to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream, the show dedicated to fun, practical mental performance strategies for your golf game. Join mental performance coach Jamie Glazier and co-host Ross Flanagan as they discuss how to manage your mind in one of the craziest sports there is. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Wherever you are in the world tuning into us, we do appreciate every minute of your day that you we get into your ears, whether you're on a train, walking, exercising, playing golf on the range, wherever. We do appreciate you and thank you for your support. Jamie Glazier up there on the Gold Coast. How are you? Roscoe, very well, thank you. Very well. It's, um, your intro talking about listening to the podcast on the range uh, reminded me of a message I got during the week from uh, an avid listener and follower of ours was on the range uh, doing some practice and uh, he had his speaker on just behind him and uh, about five metres down on the range, uh, Keely Marks was there listening to the podcast in her phones and she was like, what's what's going on here? And then she asked if if uh, Daniel was listening to us and uh, he said yes. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite an interesting moment. Imagine getting us in stereo all around on the <laughs> range. Wow, you can't buy that sort of exposure, Jamie. <laughs> No, uh, exactly. I think it was. Exactly. Da- I think it might have been uh, Dave Poulton out there at um, in the eastern suburbs. Actually, sorry, you're right. It was Dave. Dave no. did send me that message. I uh, got confused with another message from uh, from Daniel, but uh, it was Dave. So that was awesome. He Dave actually reached out to me. He rang, he rang me actually, and and it's sort of related to what we're going to talk about today. And just um, yeah, you know, talking about panic. I think one of the topics that sort of popped up into your world of coaching and talking to elite and everyday club golfers the length and breadth of them. Panic seems to be a topic that, you know, we are still learning to get to grasp with dealing with and it, how it affects us on the golf course and in our round and trying to, you know, fill a scorecard in. Now, Dave Ramians and told me that story as well. And yeah. he said that uh, he'd been binge listening to a lot of the episodes and he chided me a little bit on my, you know, being, I guess, um, talking about my short game, you know, so yeah. uncomplimentary. And we've played together, Dave and I, and, yeah. You know, he, he reflects on my bunker game and he says, you know, your bunker game was, was exceptional. And it, it was interesting to see because, you know, bunkers certainly not an area of my short game where, that panicked me at all. I'm very, very comfortable. But as you know, as we've talked about, as Dave reminded me, we've talked about my short game as an area of uh, development. Yeah. So panic, you know, we might and we might use my short game as a, as a reference point. It's, it's basically where I'm getting to. Panic. Yeah. What does panic mean to you and, and why are we talking about this? Well, it's interesting because there's um – it's been a few times over the past few weeks, obviously just got out of quarantine and, and did a lot of Zoom sessions in quarantine with a variety of different levels of golfers. And there seemed to be this common theme that they would experience a sense of panic during the round for a variety of different reasons, but they sort of, yeah, would just something would happen during a round of golf that uh, they weren't prepared for. They maybe had a little bit of a different outlook on that triggered some anxiety and, and a sense of panic. And what it boiled down to after a little while of sort of processing it all, it, a lot of it comes back to that philosophy or idea around we have to try and treat every shot the same. You know, whether we're, we're, we've got a putt for 40 points or a putt to win a tournament or, you know, the last hole with a one-shot lead, we've got to treat every shot the same. And I suppose we've seen through the years – a lot of players of different levels not being able to finish off a really good round or a chance to win a tournament where they maybe haven't quite executed. And 
when we were uncovering some of this stuff and I said to people, I said, do you think, you know, do you, for example, do you, do you think a five-foot putt on the practice green is exactly the same as a five-foot putt on the last hole to win a pennant match, to win a tournament or to have, you know, your career best round or even just beat your handicap? Is that exactly the same putt? And a lot of them, a lot of them said they think it should be. And I don't agree with that whatsoever. I don't agree with um, that notion of it should be the same because it's just literally not the same thing at all. Um, and it won't be the same thing because, you know, outcomes are everything. We play golf to have these moments where we can have a great result and a great outcome. And, you know, trying to ignore that and block that out is actually a very unproductive thing uh, from a performance point of view. So, uh, and that was the thing that was was triggering a lot of panic, you know, during a round of golf is when they get into a situation that is different, they feel a little bit less comfortable. Um, it's a bigger, it's a bigger shot or a bigger moment. And then they have a different response, their nervous system goes into a different mode where they might have an elevated heart rate, they might start to shake, they might start to get a little bit, you know, um, uh, sweaty hands, whatever the physiological response is for them, they think that there's something wrong. So when they have that response, there must be something wrong and then they go into trying to fight or avoid that moment and then that ultimately just doesn't help performance so that that was you know quite a common thing amongst discussions uh during quarantine so are you saying that you can still execute quality golf shots in with a, a heightened state or with a state of panic existing in your mind mindset or mind frame um so the 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 panic is triggered by an unproductive or an unhealthy relationship with the different situation mm -hmm. when you've got a big shot, um, you know, to, to do something well, and you do get a bit nervous at elevated heart rate, you can definitely still perform well in that situation or actually better because adrenaline and an elevated heart rate helps to actually narrow our attention. It helps to really create a higher level of functioning, providing we've got a healthy relationship with it. But if we, go into, oh, my God, my heart rate's up, what's wrong? Um, or I should treat this the same as, you know, the seven iron I hit on the practice fairway and we go into that panic mode, then that makes it very difficult to perform. Okay. So, you know, when you work with your elite golfers, you know, who are playing yeah. for status, money, um, et cetera, et cetera, do they deal with panic as well? In the very way that much so. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And I think... I think this is, you know, the the reason that I'm sort of part of their team is to get them to recognise when these things are triggered, you don't have to panic. There's actually nothing wrong. You know, if you think about all the hours that you spend, and I'll go back to a shot of yours last year that we, we've spoken about before, but you spent some time on your short game and that was getting better. Now, a chip shot that you're going to have around the chipping green before a round of golf is not the same chip shot you're going to have on the first hole when there's a scorecard and you've got to write a score down. So I remember that third shot into the third hole, peninsula that day with Luke Elvey, mm -hmm. and it was a big moment. I could see that you were nervous, but you had a strategy to fall back on and you treated that shot quite differently 
than you would have treated other shots. But you did it in a really effective way. You recognised that you're in an uncomfortable situation with someone like Luca there, which is, you know, we talked about it as we were walking down. We talked about the podcast about your short game. So we actually shed some light on the importance of this shot, but you actually invited it in and then focused on helping to get you as comfortable in a moment of when you were feeling uncomfortable and you hit no shot stands out to me of yours that I've ever seen as being better than that shot. That was by far the best shot you hit in that sort of a situation and circumstance. You nearly hold that 70-yard or 70-metre pitch shot. So that's a perfect example for me about understanding that shots are different but creating a healthy relationship with it and then a strategy to fall back onto to help you execute. When I reflect on that moment and, you know, it's not every day that you have a PGA Tour commentator uh, commentating you and filming, by the way, filming yeah. your shot, which I actually yeah. still have recorded here. And uh, I do distinctly remember it, it felt different, I, but I do distinctly remember just slowing everything down. Everything just slowed down and I just had this feeling of connection with the uh, – the moment of, of, of the rehearsal, feeling the bounce of the club. I knew the key to making that shot for me with the club that I had in my hand was yep. interacting the bounce on the on the turf of the on the turf yep. under the ball. And yep. I just really slowed everything down and got absorbed into that that feeling. Just that feeling. And I just focused on that. And yep. you know, it it I executed that shot and it was probably, as you're right, one of the better shots that I've hit in a, a while of that distance. Yeah. And and that really helped, you know, because that was my short game has, has improved dramatically since then. Uh, yeah. I've accepted the fact that it's still an area of development uh, and yeah. that's a big part for me, the acceptance. And, yeah. and that's that's something that I work, that I have to have every time I face that challenging situation, just accepting yeah. that the yeah. outcome hasn't happened yet, but whatever the outcome is, I'll deal with it. It's not, yeah. here, it's not here yet. Yeah. I just yeah. focus on same sorts of things. A micro, yeah. a micro feeling, it might just be feeling the wind on the coming into the left side of my face and just knowing how that's going to going to you know interact with the ball as it floats through the air and I yeah. just sort of simp dumb it down yeah and, and that's yeah. what and that's what I remember doing that day nothing nothing really else you know yeah. three three blokes you know standing we were playing for lunch or something yeah and, and it worked yeah yeah I think that's the that's the beautiful thing about that moment compared to other moments that I've seen how you react and respond to those shots and it's a lot, of, lot to do with the externals, you know, like well, panic kicks in because we perceive something means something more to us. It's a bigger moment. It means something more. Now, that is, you know, a lot of the time in golf, that, that's the reality of it. You know, that five-foot putt on the last to shoot 38 points means more to you than the five-foot five foot putt on the first for a two-pointer. Like it's just it means something more to you. So it's about recognising the external triggers that cause that sense of panic or the cause that that you know that change in physiology the elevated heart rate um, but then understand and recognize okay this this is actually good this is this is what i've been practicing for mm. and here's an opportunity for me to apply some of these principles that i've been putting into practice i've got a strategy to help me to cope with this situation and your strategy was firstly just to slow everything down okay so that what that does is that diffuses 
the anxiety, the panic, the stress. So once we diffuse things, then we can actually see some things with clarity. And then you went into focusing on a specific feel, the, the bounce of hitting the turf underneath the ball, really getting that, that bounce engaged. You had focus on a feel that was going to help you technically execute a shot to a better quality. Um, and you also then unconsciously probably trusted quite a bit of your training by just dialing in the number and letting that look after itself. And when we say you nearly hold the shot, I think you nearly hold it twice, you know, where it pitched near the hole and then pitched up and spun back and nearly went back in again. Like, so that for me is, you know, you did a great job of diffusing the impact that the variety of different situations that pop up in a round of golf um, can have on us. And, you know, there's no two shot the same, whether it be we're playing for something more you know, like the, there was a great video on Instagram of, of uh, I think Max McGreevy's his name. He lost in a playoff in the Corn Ferry event this week. He had a five or a six foot putt to win the event, missed, and then uh, lost in the playoff. Um, and he was very emotional, very, very teary about what that meant to him. If he had to hold that putt and won that event, that would have secured his PGA Tour card for next year. Now he came second. Now he's got a lot of work still to do to get his PGA Tour card. So that's a huge difference. You know, that, that part now is a very different part and means a hell of a lot to him. His lifelong dream of being on the PGA Tour. Just because we're club-level golfers, it doesn't mean that we don't have things like that that mean more to us. The club championships, a monthly medal, a stroke round, like – um, around playing with someone, you know, if you're a 15 marker and you're playing with one of the pennant players one day, like that's going to mean something to you as well. You want to prove to them that you're actually a, a pretty decent mid-handicap player. Like there's so many different elements in this game where things mean more to us, but we don't, we try to block out or avoid those situations. And that's what triggers the anxiety and the sense of panic that there's, there's something wrong. We've, We've done 30-odd podcasts here, 30-odd in the Golf Rules ones, 120-odd in My Love of Golf. Yeah, it's a fair amount yeah. of podcasts that I've sat down here and pressed the record button on. But I'll never yeah. forget when I had uh, the opportunity to host Andy Proudman from Me and My Golf on the My Love of Golf podcast, and I was nervous. Like, yeah. You know, so this is only a podcast. It's not golf, but it rela yeah. relates. Yeah. And, and I just fronted up to Andy. I think the first thing I said was, Andy, if I told you that I was really nervous, what would your response be? And he says, well, the reason – I'd hope you'd be nervous because the reason why you're nervous is because this means something to you and it's so important to you. And yeah. it's sort of aligned to what, you, what you're saying saying there. Absolutely. Like it's, it's having the foresight, um, the self-awareness to recognise not this, not this moment right now could mean more to me, but knowing that a day or two in advance, mm. that yep. this moment, if I put myself in a good situation – I may be faced with an opportunity to have 40 points, an opportunity to win a pennant match or to win a flag or whatever it might be, and I'm going to prepare myself for that moment to just be ready for when it comes. And, and I, the analogy I use, which is, uh, you know, it's, I don't know where it came from, but if, you know, if I told someone to go around the corner, you know, they're, they're in the lounge room and they've got to go around in the hallway and turn into – one of the bedrooms and, and grab me something off the bed. 
and there was a there was a massive python snake sitting on the floor, but I didn't tell them that. So I didn't pre-prepare them that there was going to be a snake near the bed, but you can still grab the hat. It'll just sit there. It won't bother you. And then I also told you that in advance that there will be a snake. You're going to have a very different physiological response. Mm. Okay. Your heart rate's going to get elevated when you walk in and you're prepared to see the python there. You know it's there. You're going to see it. You're still going to get an elevated heart rate, but it's going to be a lot less than if I didn't tell you that at all. And you walked in there and went, holy shit, what, what's that? So it's about, you know, for me, every golfer, that I work with, if you're doing some good training, you're actually preparing to play great. So that could be tomorrow. Mm. So get your mind ready that, you know what, tomorrow I could I could be four up on my handicap through six holes and how am I going to respond to that? What am I going to do, do to diffuse that anxiety, that sense of panic? Um, you know, if I get a bit nervous over a shot um, or if I don't start well and my confidence is down, what can I do to just diffuse it, manage the anxiety, manage the panic and help myself to get back on track? Um, and, you know, there's, we've spoken a lot about the psychological flexibility or the cognitive flexibility and the skill set of being able to pivot, have an expectation or this is what I want to do, but if that doesn't happen, be able to pivot and actually reset your targets, reset your thinking um, so that, you know, we don't trigger any of that panic because it's that panic that, that really causes well, well below average results. And I think we've all been there before where we just have got no idea what we're doing. We we just can't hit a fairway. We, we just got no confidence. That's just panic. It's just, you know, you haven't lost your swing. Your, your, your brain's just gone and activated a part of it that, that you just can't see with clarity and, you know, so. So is the concept of inviting it in, sort of relevant to, to the discussion as well? Like in, invite, you know, how do we invite it in? What's a, what's a strategy that you could leave someone to, to invite in? Because I know, you know, like most, forget the short game, but let's go to my stronger part, you know, on the, yeah. on the tee box. Yeah. You know, my competence there and confidence there has always been higher, but it's never not been, um, I've never not been in a situation where I've been anxious about making a shot. But when I go back to, you know, a number of tee ball shots, you know, I distinctly remember in the early days of my journey back as a golfer, before I, when I started thinking about this sort of content, um, inviting it in, like on the first tee at Mornington, for example. You know, it's yeah. a 302 metre shot, it's a fairly straight hole, but, it, you know, it's one where you can make a birdie if you put it close. I, I had the benefit of being able to almost drive the green or drive the green. Subsequently, I'd get a lot of people, you know, waiting on the tee, and I'd have to wait for the green or whatever, and then I'd have a lot of people waiting and watching. I know that's a pretty anxious situation for a lot of people when they have people watching them hit off a tee. Yeah. For me, yeah. I, I, I once again, remember making a choice going, I know I can hit the shot. Okay, it's not my fault that, you know, I'm holding up eight guys and they're watching and they're waiting for me to do something or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just got yeah. to do it. And I've got to accept yeah. that I've got to do that and I know I can do it. So I've just walked up, hit the shot. Yeah. And I end up having turning into a bit of a laugh with them. I turn around and I chat to the fellas, and it, it was it was fun. Yeah, yeah. It, to yeah. me that was inviting it in. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's we spend too much time just in golf in general. I've spoken about the whole avoidance pattern. How you know when we stand on a tee, there's there's different obstacles in our way that we're trying to avoid. That's the natural and normal part of golf. There's a bunker, a water hazard, um, whatever else there is. Um, so. Th- 
we can switch into avoidance mode very quickly in the way that we're thinking as well. So what we want to do is we want to just allow, invite, and more importantly, to let things flow. So, you know, let's take a negative thought, for example, which are going to happen in golf. We're going to have a variety of negative thoughts in around the golf. If we recognize the negative thoughts there, allow it to be there, but also allow it to pass. So, you know, I suppose the way that we look at it is, is, is recognize the negative thought is there, let it flow by as opposed to take on the negative thought. So we're, we're looking at the negative thought from outside of it as opposed to looking from inside the negative thought and worrying about the effect that it has. Okay, so if you've lost a bit of confidence or you're a bit scared on a T-ball, just recognize I'm sensing right now I am feeling a little bit fearful. Okay, as opposed to saying, I am fearful, I'm scared. Yep. Just recognizing that there is a sense of being a little bit a little bit scared. So what that does is that ultimately again diffuses it to allow us to be able to sort of perform in our perimeter of performance or closer to our peak state of performance. So it's not looking at the at the situation from inside it, it's recognizing from outside of it what's going on. And that's just a really great uh, exercise that I get people to do. It's, it's called a leaf drill and it's, you know, you, you close your eyes, you imagine yourself sitting by, uh, you know, by the, a, a riverbed or a, or a creek. You're just sitting there, you're watching the water flow by and then you're watching different stresses. So let's say, for example, fear, uh, three parts, uh, all these negative things that might float in and around the golf, um, duck hook, you know, if you're, you're scared of a duck hook, you see these words or terms floating down the river on a leaf and you're just recognising, oh, there's a thought of, of fear, there's a thought of a duck hook, there's a thought of a three-putt, and you just watch it and you just let it flow by. So you're not attaching to it. And then what happens is once you can actually practise that skill, when you're out on the course and you're recognising some anxiety, you can actually go, okay, just I'm going to focus on my breathing, I might close my eyes and I might just watch that leaf of anxiety flow by. And again, all we're doing there is just diffusing how we're, how we're looking at the situation or how the, the impact that the situation is having on us to be able to get back to seeing things with a bit of clarity. That's a good, it's a good strategy that it's a good strategy. Now there is one other form of panic, which I think occurs to club golfers and, and we touched on it um, beforehand and it's nothing to do with hitting golf shots. It's the, the anxiety that a lot of uh, club golfers that might be 15, 20, 25, 30 handicappers, doesn't matter, when yeah. they get paired with someone who they believe is a better golfer or a really good yeah. golfer, you know, oh, you wouldn't want to play with me because you're really good and, and I'm not as good as you and, and that's not going to be great. And ultimately, you know, in the club golf land, that is going to happen. That is a situation yeah. your, under your own volition or not, you are going yeah. to end up playing with people who you perceive to be elite or, or the best golfers in the club. Yeah. How do you do it? How, how does someone just – I think it's such an easy one to, to dissuade, but um, what, what do you think about that? Well, it's, it comes back a lot to what we call sort of verbal behaviour is, is when you are faced in that situation, what is the verbal behaviour? What is the thinking that's going on? Because we know with that cognitive sequence, the thinking, emotion, behaviour outcome actually – looking into your verbal behaviour and how you're constructing thoughts is is a very important thing. Um, and, again, it's just your 
It's just the way that you are framing the situation because we all know that everybody has, everybody thinks exactly the same thing. The three handicapper playing with a 25 marker is probably feeling pressure as well. You know, they're probably feeling like, oh, geez, you know, you know, because the 25 markers are going to say something like, wow, I'm playing with a three mark. Oh, I've never played with anyone this good. No, okay, well, you know, I haven't been playing that well lately. So, you know, bad luck for you playing with me. You could have played with another three mark that's good, but I'm struggling at the moment. Like everyone is in the same boat. Exactly right. And I think the more we can recognise that the golf is the sort of game we are all the same. You know, we all think the same. We all have the same fears, limitations, worries and concerns. But that three marker is not caring about what you do whatsoever. You're, they're so worried about their own game that they're not paying any attention to yours as you probably aren't to theirs either. Absolutely. So, yeah. Imagine being the three marker with the rubbish short game. Oh, geez, you wouldn't want to be that fella. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've, 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 we've all been there. I mean, exactly. you know. What about the what about the mental performance coach that, that came back to playing after you know after ten years away and hasn't got a bit of a short game or can't feel his putter and he's playing with people who have heard about him have have maybe played against him or with him years ago when he was a scratch marker and now he's got patterns and tendencies of, of having yips and he's a mental performance coach like you did, my my god I learned so much more about the mental game from that angle when I experienced it firsthand. So, you know, it's a hundred, a hundred percent, you know, you have to, it's a game of doing, you can't, you can't play golf and not do it. You so say you've got to do it and you've got to learn about it yep. and you've got to do it a lot yep. and keep doing it and yep. persist so you can learn. Um, yep. you know, any, any golfer worth their salt, whatever the handicap, you know, is, is going to enjoy and embrace playing with anyone from their club and, yep. uh, and anyone on a tee, whether you're at a club, whether you just get paired with someone, um, you know, it's that's what golf is, and that's the beauty about golf that it brings us all together equally. And you should just go yeah. out there and enjoy it. And you know, as you do, as I do, you know, our focus, my focus is just to go and enjoy my time on the golf course and and do it to the best as I can, and yeah. and take these learnings on board and try and yeah. you know bring them to the game and bring them to the course and and just hope to keep that improvement journey. Yeah, look, and I think that's the whole thing. Is that there's, there's you know there's so much literature out there, or so you know a lot of my clients have been told or read somewhere you know treat every shot the same, you know just focus on the process and that sort of stuff. That content generally is delivered by someone that's probably never played golf. Mm. You know that's never been under pressure, under stress, had to hold a putt like you know a two foot putt. Like a two foot putt's a tap in, you kick it in. Yeah. But when you've got a two-foot putt to win a pennant match or a two-foot putt to win, you know, the club championships, that two-foot putt's not two-foot anymore. We know that. That's just the way the golf game is. Um, so it's about being able to understand that and then, um, yeah, learn how to diffuse it, uh, recognise what, what are your external triggers uh, for panic and then um, just take some of those strategies out on course and uh, and enjoy that, um, enjoy that challenge and, and just understand it. You don't want every shot to be the same because it, you know, it generally means if you're feeling that physiological response means that, as Andy Pradman said, you're 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 in a position where something means a lot to you. That's a good thing. Mm. Yep. Again, you 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 probably might have delivered one of your best podcasts with Andy because you were so alert and so sharp and so focused and so engaged, like so prepared. Maybe like it's that's just what happens when we have that 
you know, that physiological response that can have a really positive impact on our performance. And that's what we've got to look at. It was, you know, in the moments of life that uh, you remember a few things and, you know, as you get to, to, to my age, you know, there's quite, a few, there's quite a few moments in life. But in recent yeah. times, that little statement of an opening of the podcast was a, a game changer for me in a number of number yeah. of respects. And yeah. I think if you listen to some of the podcast episodes after that, you know, yeah. that acknowledgement and awareness of, of, of feeling like that, yeah. Um, really did help me yeah. you know, progress and just move forward with a bit of ease. And, and I've taken that yeah. into the golf as well. Um, yeah. Andy, if you're listening, um, shout out. Thank you. Great. Now, it'd be remiss of us not to talk about the Insight Golf Academy because that is uh, a project of yours which is still going from strength to strength. Uh, the Mental Game Must-Dos course still available for free there, Jamie? Yeah, that's uh, that's still there. That'll always be uh, be a free course so that people can get on and that's that's always, you know, a really great entry-level course to the mental game. And um, you know, we've got those three other courses there at the moment, the uh, Art of the Pre-Shot Routine, the Pre-Round Routine, which is preparing to play great, um, and the 18 Tips to Managing Frustration with Casey Hardy, which is a, a fantastic course. So three courses that people can sign up to to start to build an unbreakable mental game. We will have more courses uh, coming up in the near future. We've got a putting course at the moment that uh, is in um, construction. I'm putting that together. So... Um, so that's great. And, um, yeah, so that's been fantastic. The Inside Golf, or sorry, the, the Mental Mastery Golf TV show on uh, Instagram has been going fantastic. We've had two episodes now, and that's been really great. We have a pretty cool guest I'm lining up this week. Um, uh, Lucas Herbert's going to join us hopefully Saturday morning um, Australian time. Um, so he'll be Friday night Orlando time. So that'll be great because we know Herbie's always got uh, – some deep and, and open conversations that he's um, he's willing to partake in. So that'll be fun. And then next week on our podcast episode, talking about meaningful moments, we might have, if everything goes well, possibly one of the biggest, if not the biggest golf podcast uh, content creator on the planet joining us, which I am ridiculously excited about. I uh, had a chance to meet uh, this this gentleman at the Scottish Open a couple of years ago after messaging him back and forth for years, you know, being being in LA and he's gone and, and we're trying to catch up. So it was it was great. So if we can get uh, this guy on the podcast next week, it's going to be a cracker. Well, let's hope all that the uh, the stars align. He's a genuine star uh, and our stars yep. of uh, podcasting world align and uh, we, yep. we, that will happen. Yep. Jamie, uh, and we also had a great catch up with some of the Insight Golf uh, participants on a Zoom during the week uh, or last week. Um, Yep. Just another way that we connected, uh, you connected, and I just pressed the buttons again. But uh, it was it was great to to see the guys live in in a Zoom call and just uh, get their feedback and get some uh, help them with uh, their journey onto one of the courses. So it was it was really positive yep. to see that. So thank you to all the guys if you're listening to this that did join us on that Zoom. Um, yeah, it was great. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, mate. So um, no, it's it's been good. So. Uh, but saying that, I haven't hit a ball for about 10 weeks and uh, I was planning on going out Friday, Good Friday, to have a hit with uh, with Jonesy. So we might get out there or um, the state of Queensland and Gold Coast may be in lockdown. So we'll, we'll see, but um, well, I'm dying to have a hit. Fingers crossed for you, mate. Uh, I hope I hope everything gets better in the next couple of days and they don't have to do that because I know you want yeah. to get out there. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Steve Jones up there, former touring pro, uh, now pedalling um, to Mercedes-Benz cars up there at uh, Mercedes-Benz Gold Coast, a dealership that I used to visit when I was 12 years at Mercedes-Benz. So, uh, yeah. Steve, yeah. good day to you um, and good day to all He's the colleagues there. Yeah.
Beautiful. Mate, thanks again. And, uh, and I think we'll wrap it up on that. What do you reckon? Perfect, mate. That's great. Good to catch up. Thank you again for your time. And we'll uh, look forward to catching up next week. Absolutely. Like, subscribe, share. Tell your friends. Tell anyone who needs this type of content and we would appreciate it. And until next time, we'll see you on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and head over to daretodream.com.au for exclusive access to the free video program, Eight Tips to an Unbreakable Mental Game. Join us next time on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast.